Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me, Jack Ball, today is Chris Harrington yet again. Hello, Chris. Hello, Jack. How are you? We can't, we can't, we've got no friends anymore. It's just me and you every week at the moment. <laughs> it's the dynamic duo we're, we're known as. But um, yeah, plenty to debate after the, the season opening defeat uh, at Walsall. We were both at the Banks' stadium. Um, yeah, it was, it was disappointing, but not... Uh, I didn't feel too despondent about it. And the journey was a lot better than it was this time last year for you and uh, our former colleague Baron Cross. Yes, yeah, we had a long <laughs> trip to, to Peterborough, but we got to Walsall um, and back pretty well, didn't we? The traffic uh, gods were kind to us. I did see that uh, it took Carlisle 10 hours, I think it was, to get down to Exeter on Friday, so there was a lot of holiday traffic around on the on the motorways, but we uh, managed to get there and back fine. Um, nearly 1,800 members of 1,800 Members of the uh, Green Army. Well, 18,000. I said 18,000 when I did the video the other day. and I've got, But anyway, it was 1,800 um, <laughs> members of the Green Army on Saturday. And give them a, a, a mention because I thought their support was excellent on Saturday, you know, you know, before the game, during the game. And even at the end of the game, I thought that, that you know, despite the, the result, they, um, they gave the team good, um, um, you know, a send off. And, and we spoke to Ryan Edwards after the game and he, he mentioned that. that and even uh, the, some of the Walsall staff around, that sat around us in the media area said that the Argyle fans are normally one of the best that mm. come that season. So. so, you know, not the result that anyone would have wanted from an Argyle point of view. But, um, but there we are, one gone, 45 to go. Still a long way to go indeed. Mm. It was a 2 1 defeat for Argyle. Same score at Walsall as last season. Mm. Not the start many would have liked, but it wasn't all doom and gloom. There were positives. I would say there were more positives than negatives. So we mm-hmm. take the result out of it. Yeah. What, what's your overall assessment? Should people be panicking at this stage? Oh, never panic after one game, whether you win or whether you lose the first game. Um, it's always nice to win the first game, and uh, it's a pretty rare experience, isn't it, for anyone <laughs> that follows Argyle to, to win on the opening day of the season anyway. So uh, I think, uh, didn't, didn't we lose 3 0 at home to Luton on the first day of the season and end up being promoted? So, you know. You would like to have. You'd like to have won. I, I, I would agree with you. I mean, we sat and watched the game um, together, and uh, you know they got themselves into a, a, a lead. Really, they should have held that lead until half time. Mm-hmm. Um, looked at the new uh, EFL highlight show on Quest, and uh, when you look at the goals, you know Argyle were way too open for for the the build up to a Walsall's penalty. You know, there's basically two defenders back as uh, Walsall caught them on the break. In the forty-fifth minute, you shouldn't be leaving yourself that open away from home on the stroke of half time with one 0 lead. With one 0 lead, yeah. you know you should be seeing. I know Argyle had an attack and a set piece, but to my mind, you know when you're that close to half time, you're quite happy going in at one 0 But they were caught on the break. It was two against two. Um, Morgan Ferrier, the Walsall striker, was quick. Uh, Joe Riley's, you know, lunged in. If if I'd been hit, you know, it's easy to say when you're sat in the press box and you're not in the thick of the action. I think I'd have taken, let him have the shot, take the chances with Matt Macy making the save. Um, but Riley's um, made the tackle, being booked, conceded the penalty, and um, 
you know, a little bit unfortunate that the ball ended up in the back back of the net because Macy uh, made the initial save. Um, second half, you know, I thought Walsall, it was pretty nip and tuck until Walsall got the free kick. Uh, we can talk about the free kick in a minute because mm-hmm. that's definitely one of the, the, main, the main talking points. I thought the last 15, 20 minutes, Argyle came on strong, as, as probably you would expect. Although Derek Adams said in his press conference afterwards, he thought his fitness team's fitness levels were far superior to Walsall's and, uh, you know, they came on strong. And on another day, you know, the Ryan Edwards far post header, the, the Ryan Taylor scrambled effort inside the six-yard box. And certainly Graham Carey's shot in stoppage time, which he chested down and got away a great shot. And the, the keeper made a really good save. Any of those could have gone in another day and they'd have come away from a 2-2 with a 2-2 and we'd have said, on balance, you know, a, a good day's work. And looking at the stats, you know, they the were quite equal. You know, I've got mm. just edge possession. Mm. Um, I think they had less shots on target. Mm. But, you know, you look at the stats and the, 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 the stats, which I know can be manipulated yeah. in many ways, but it, it looks like a draw from mm. that. So, like you said, Argyle will play much worse this season and probably come away from it, it did feel like the Peterborough uh, United away game at the start of last season. You know, Argyle lost 2-1 up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember coming away and we would have talked about it on the podcast as well. You know, you said, well, no, Argyle could easily have drawn that game. and um, But that wasn't the case that day and it wasn't the case on Saturday. So, definitely things to work on. And, you know, highly one or two areas that need to improve. But... Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't a bad performance. And no one's come away with a broken ankle. Which <laughs> means we are in a better well, position. Well, as far as we know, season. you know, we haven't, haven't picked up any uh, any key injuries after the first game of the season, which is an improvement. And on we're also year. only three points off top of the table. So yes, uh, yes. There's that way to look at it. No, it's quite good actually. I love, like the FO show, show didn't show the tables, which I quite yes. like after one yeah. game. Yeah, because people can get carried away. But there we go. Yeah. Um. So you, as you've already said, you spoke to Ryan Edwards after mm. the game. And he was very quick to say that his goal mm. meant nothing because Argyle mm. had lost two one to Walsall, and I think that's a very good attitude to have for a player. Yeah. You know, you don't want a player to come out and start saying, you know, it's all about me and all about that no. goal. But mm. n- nonetheless, it was his first competitive game back since being mm. diagnosed and recovering from testicular cancer. Mm. It's a great story, and it's a story that's been picked up by a lot of uh, national, you know, news outlets for obvious reasons. Yeah. And so, taking away Ryan Edwards' comments first mm. of all, mm. and what a story it's been for him to come back. His last game was a competitive match. He scored against Doncaster. Mm-hmm. He's come back and almost replicated that goal. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't have him as your first goal scorer. I really am, Jack. I, I know what know. you like, you know, and um, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't. I know people did. <laughs> well, it was, almost, it was almost meant to be, wasn't it, that Ryan Edwards would get Argyle's first goal of the season, you know, after his uh, long layoff. I mean, it, it struck, what struck me, or one of the things that struck me, was that it was very similar to the goal he got against Doncaster. Mm. Um, and he is quite good at sort of ghosting at that back post and then the ball's played in from set pieces and, and sometimes you're thinking oh they're going to try and play to his head because he's you know tall, tall centre back but they whipped the ball in and it was a lovely finish I mean, he's not you, bad at that for a defender he's is he? not and he, he did yeah. that against Doncaster yeah. in his last game so he's got two goals in two games which is a good strike rate both <laughs> almost identical and he was interesting he made the point that, that they worked on that in training on Friday that particular set piece and it's it's just interesting when you talk to players. You know, sometimes you know the players, you know, it's difficult in this day and age to don't, you know, necessarily tell you too much. Yeah. But it was interesting. That he said they stayed behind on after training on Friday. Uh, he, Scott Wooten, and Connor Grant, and they practiced that exact situation. And um, it does show you that practice, you know, makes perfect. And um, it was a good delivery from Connor Grant, who, you know, I feel. It was interesting that he took a lot of the set pieces on Saturday rather than Carey or Ramirez or Fox or whatever like that. So Conor Grant's definitely making an impact in the Argyle team already. Um, it was a good delivery and it was an excellent finish. And um, 
like you say, I mean, you know, you, you and I sit on, on on our laptops, and you could see from Twitter straight away the reaction when Ryan Edwards scored. Yeah. I mean, it went it went mad, didn't it? I mean, there was posts all everywhere. And, and that's the thing, you know, Argyle, it's not just Argyle fans, it's a bit like Joe mm. Thompson at Rochdale, you know, and okay, maybe the circumstances are a bit mm. different because yeah. Joe's obviously had cancer twice and mm. he scored the goal to keep Rochdale up and mm. Edward's goal was in a 2-1 defeat mm. in the first game of the season. But, mm. nevertheless, it brings football community together and even the wider world, it's not just football the community, mm. it's, it's everyone and it's so good to see those positive comments. But, you know, it's not just the goal, the fact that he's played 90 minutes as well, yeah. I mean, it's a great sign for him, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a perfect performance from him. There was a couple of things he could have done better. Made a really good block from an Andy Cook yeah. shot in the first half, though, I remember. So, um, you know, it was a good performance from him, good, strong performance. You know, you know, if you'd said to him, you know, in April when he was given the all-clear from cancer that the first game of the new season, he'd be picked in that starting eleven. I'm sure he'd have been delighted to, you know, if that was the case, and, and he was. So, you know, many congratulations for him to, to for getting back. He does look fit and strong. You know, he has had quite an absence from, from competitive first-team yeah. football. So I think it will take him a little bit of time just to, to get up to speed. And But, you know, Saturday's game, you know, up against a physical player in Andy Cook, you know, it was a handful for Walsall, the striker up front for them. You know, a few more games like that, and I'm sure... Um, you know, be as good as new, if not better. I know you can't read too much into pre-season, as we've mm. said many, many times on this podcast, but mm. Edwards has also scored a few goals in pre-season. Mm. He's followed that up, and he's mm. looking quite a threat, isn't he, in the box? And like like you said, not just with his head. Yeah, and, you know, one of the the, the, the things about Sonny Bradley leaving in the summer was, you know, he was a good, regular goal scorer mm-hmm. for Argyle from centre-back, and goal-scoring centre-backs are great. You know, Argyle fans know that only too well. You know, Graham Cockham, Paul Watton, Mick Heathcote, people like that, just in the time I've sort of watched them. You know, if you can find a, a centre back who's going to get five, six, seven goals a season, you know that's a that's a godsend. Um, particularly if you haven't got a recognised twenty goal a season striker. Now, you know Ryan Edwards, to my mind, having seen him in pre season, having seen him on Saturday, there's no reason why he couldn't mm. get five or six goals a season as a centre back from set pieces and things like that. So um, that's a that's a good asset for Argyle to have and something they definitely need to, to work on and capitalise on. Because they get a lot of set pieces, don't they? And if you they, can make the most of them, then you're onto a winner. And if you've got Conor Grant, Carey, Fox, people like that, you know the delivery is going to be pretty good. So all you need to do is execute your game. I mean, look at England in the World Cup. You know, set you piece know, specialists. Set pieces, yeah. But if you work on them yeah. and you've got a good delivery and you've got a clear idea of what you're doing, the opposition might know that you're going to do it, but it's still very difficult to stop it. And having those different options, like you said, with three different potential takers, mm. you know, that's that's what happened, which we'll talk more about yes. Walsall's free kick in a minute, yes. but that's mm. what happened with them, wasn't it? They Definitely. Yeah. Didn't know who was going to take it. Mm. But we'll, we'll talk about the first goal, first mm. of all. Joe Riley mm. obviously brought down uh, Morgan Ferrier, is mm-hmm. that how you say it? I think so. To give away the penalty mm. just minutes after Edwards opened the scoring. Mm. Took the window of our goals a little bit. Mm. Just going into half-time... Yeah, it was a, it was a poor goal. I mean, you know, how, how the build-up to it and everything about it. How, as Joe Riley, in your, in your debut mm. game, how would you feel doing that? Would that have been a hard half-time, would you imagine? Uh, it's an, an instant thing, isn't it? I don't think you're sort of, you know, consciously thinking, am I going to do this, am I, am I not? It's a, a reaction thing. Um, Ferrier was always going to get in behind him. He was never, he, you know, he was... It's easy to say, again, from the press box, yeah. but from where I was at, he was never going to win the ball with that tackle. Um, all that was going to happen was he was going to concede a penalty. Um, in days gone by, you know, he'd have possibly even ended up with a red card as well, but they, they removed that. If, as long as the referee deems that you've made an honest attempt to get the ball, then you just get the yellow card rather than the red card. So that was, that was one thing to come out of it. But um, like I say, you know, Joe Riley has conceded the penalty, but I would go back to the fact that it was a two-on-two break from an Argyle attack, and mm. that should not be happening 
so close to half-time away from home when you're one nil up. So although, you know, he might get the blame in inverted commas, you know, I, I, collectively that the team shouldn't have been that open. Uh, Matt Macy's made the save and, um, you know, it was unlucky that uh, it, Argo weren't able to clear it, you know, when the, the ball hit the crossbar. Uh, but yeah, to concede a goal right in half-time is, is never good, and particularly when you're away from home because, you know, we're sat in amongst all the home fans and, and they were all... Delighted, weren't they? You know the the difference in mood that one penalty makes yeah. is, is is huge. Well, it suddenly really felt like Warsaw taking the lead, really, mm. rather than equalised. Exactly, yeah. Um, but you mentioned there, Matt Macy. Obviously, mm. it was great a great save from him. Mm. I spoke to Kirk after the game, mm. and he said he just didn't know what to do. He was so tall yeah. that he would thought he would normally hit it into the into the corner, but he thought if he goes the right way, he's going to reach it because he's so mm. tall. So he hit it in the middle, and his leg still managed to save mm. it. Mm. But that's going to be quite a good psychological effect to have on the opposition. Someone mm. who can reach that sort of place. You know, mm. Cook's spoken quite openly about how it made him double think himself. So mm. that could be a good asset going forward, couldn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've seen these tall goalkeepers before. We know when they play against Argyle, you think, well, how are you going to find a way past them? I've used Marek Rodek as an example because yeah. we've come, up, uh, come across them a, a few times. But, you know, when they, when they fill the goal that size, it's, um, it, it must have a play in your mind a bit. I mean... I'm that bit older than you, Jack. I always remember that goalkeepers, if, if you were six foot, six foot one, you were quite tall for a goalkeeper yeah. in years gone by. But now, unless you're sort of six foot three, four, maybe even taller, you know, that's the sort of side. Goalkeepers, I suppose what I'm saying, like, seem to be taller and, 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 and more agile than perhaps they, they used to be. So I thought Matt Macy did quite well on his debut. You know, he's, he's, he will have had four training sessions. Um, I thought when the ball went in the box, he looked pretty assured. I mean, he's a big, tall man, you know, so you would like to think he'd be good at catching and dealing with things. But I, I thought, you know, having been at Argyle for less than a week, he didn't have that much to do, I suppose, in all honesty, did he? But, but no. it was his first game as well. Yeah, you know, he's thought, had no pre-season games with Argyle. No pre-season games. No, no, I think at the start, he did look a little bit wobbly. He was mm. sort of ran and stuttered, but mm. that, uh, that's to be expected. Yeah, and it I'm is. quite positive going forward about no, that. I no, thought, I, I thought for, for his debut, after four training sessions and no games... I, th- I thought he, he, he did well. And you um, spoke to him last week, didn't you? We saw the, yeah. the um, pictures of, of him towering over you. Yes. I'm glad it wasn't me interviewing him. It would have yeah. been uh, even starker contrast. I mean, he, he is, he's very tall, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I asked him, at, you know, was he six foot six? And he thought, probably, but he, he wouldn't have been... He said, I wouldn't be surprised if I was a little bit more than that. So he could be six, you know, six, six and a half, six, seven, something like that. A good but, person yeah. to talk to? Yeah, it's very good, very good. Um, and one thing about the penalty save, and again, going back to the World Cup, is it me or or are more goalkeepers saving penalties with their legs? Do you know? So when they're diving, it looks to me, and you know, I don't know if it, it's a trend we'll see, but in the World Cup, it seemed like a lot of penalty saves because there was a lot of penalties in that yes, tournament. There was a lot of saves. Um, it felt like keepers were sort of, when they were diving, they were still making sure they stretched their legs out and up into the air. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So rather than just sort of falling to one side, into a heap. They, were, they were diving one, right, and raising their legs and they were making saves with their legs and, Matt Macy made one like that as well, and I, I, you know, I wonder if that's the sort of something that goalkeepers have picked up when I'm working on that. If they do dive to one side, but make sure they still use their legs. And if you've got long legs like Matt, like Matt Macy, he, he might make more. So you've got two like areas that. of the goal cover. Then you've got the centre, absolutely, and whichever yeah. side you decide yeah. to go down. Mm. So I mean, it's quite unlucky. It hit the crossbar. Mm. It, on another day, it could have bounced off somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, Andy Cook was first to react. Again, you know, looking at the highlights, David Fox wasn't a million miles away from uh, from getting there and being able to nick it away, sort of thing. So yeah, just one of those things. And he considered a second goal, Matt Macy. But again, mm. you've had a look at this back on the highlights and you think Ryan Taylor looked to be duck out well, of the way of that. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Derek Adams, you know, 
as you would expect, you know, you know, from a Warsaw perspective, it's a great strike, yeah. isn't it? You know, your left back's run up, smashed it, it's gone in the far corner. If you're a Warsaw fan, and if you're doing a Warsaw podcast, you're saying what a fantastic strike that was. When you're looking at it from the Argyle perspective, and particularly for Derek Adams, you're saying, well, how's that ball ended up in the net from there? And he said post-match, he hadn't seen a, a re- replay of it when, when he spoke to us. So he said either the wall was poorly positioned or it's gone through the wall. Now, I think if you look at the, the highlights, and you know, and that's after the event, Ryan Taylor's at the end of the wall and it looks as though he sort of ducked his head, moved his head, and that's where the ball's gone over or around the wall and into the back of the net. So it's those fine margins, you know, if, if that smacks Ryan Taylor in the head, um, you know, that probably doesn't go in, or doesn't go in the net. So, um, you know, things to work on, learn on, deal with. I mean, you know, Walsall had that good option of um, a right footer and a left footer stood over yeah. the ball. It was fairly central. So you couldn't be 100% sure which one was going to go. Because um, it was Zeli Ishmael, I think, wasn't it? He was going to be the right footer. And he sort of looks as they could easily have curled it right footed. He ran over it and then uh, Luke Lee, he followed up and scored. So maybe the wall wasn't quite, you know, sure which way they were going to go. But um, set-piece goals in League One, probably in all football, but in League One are, are very important. High percentages of goals come from So, you know, when you're a defensive wall, um, you need to be positioned and strong and the goalkeeper needs to get it in the right place. And again, you know, you know, Matt Macy's not been at Argyle very often. They might not have worked on defensive walls that yeah. much, you know, uh, in the week, you know, there's probably other things that you know they'd have uh, spent time on. So yeah, it's something that you know they need to be conscious of, work on. And it's um, something you can work on. You know, yes, I've got oh, yeah. two goals from seven drill. pieces, and yeah. they are something you can really work on. And, and drill on, you know, how you're going to deal with them, who's going to stand where. You know, it's not a case of just standing up in a, you know, in a line willy nilly. So that's that's you, need to, you know, yeah, you you need to have a structure to it, and uh, I'm sure that's something Argyle will work on. The big question, the million dollar mm. question, I think if you've got the answer to this, yes. Dan Adams may well try and poach you and hire you himself. Okay. Why do Argyle struggle on the opening day of the season? <laughs> I think we won against AFC Wimbledon a few years ago, yeah. but they're very few and far between, aren't they? Yeah, there's not many at all. No, there's only a couple in the last 11 years, I think it is now. So um, it doesn't happen very often. Um, why do they struggle on the opening day? Well, I suppose one answer is that they, they've tended to be away from home a lot on the opening day of the season. They they. They haven't had too many home games on, on day one. So, of course, that, I think, almost inevitably reduces your chance of a win because you're away from home. Um, first day of the season, you know, you go there, the home fans are really fired up, aren't they? You know, it's all the excitement and, and everything. And that's why it was disappointing Argyle couldn't uh, get a result on Saturday because they did the hard work by surviving. Maybe the first 10 minutes was a bit shaky, uh, but they got into the game, got a bit of passing and moving going. And got themselves the lead. And, you know, when you're mm. opening day, 1-0 up in the 40th minute away from home, you're in a good position. Uh, and so, you know, that's why it's disappointing that they've ended up losing that game 2-1. Um, but why do they struggle, you know, back away from home? and uh, It's long distance as well. I mean, we spoke to the people at Walsall, and it was, yeah. it was Walsall, when they come to Argyle, will be yeah. their longest journey of the season. And yeah. it's one of Argyle's shortest away trips of the season. Yeah, I think it was about the I mean, fourth shortest. I mean, I know we've spoken about this a lot in mm. the past, about distances, but mm. it is a real thing, isn't it? You know, it's, mm. It makes me laugh when um, we say, oh, it only took us three hours to get somewhere, and they're mm. like, oh, that was a long time. Mm. Long time? Mm. You know, it's, 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 the stark contrast is unbelievable, isn't it? But they they travelled up on Friday, and you know, they'll have had mm. all Saturday to prepare for prepare for the game so it, it wasn't like a, a massive trip sometimes so. it's one of those things you know like I said two set pieces two mistakes and it costs cost yeah, it, was, it was fine margins like I say um, 
I think most people, if not everyone that was there, if they were looking at that game, would say that, you know, yeah, Walsall weren't bad. They didn't play badly at all. They, they, their front four, more three than four, because I thought Ashley Smith-Brown did a good job on Zeli Ishmael, you know, caused our goal problems. Um, but our goal had enough chances, enough attempts on goal. You know, I, I, I feel quite comfortable saying I think our goal deserved a draw from that game. But, you know, there wasn't much in it either way. And you just mentioned um, Ashley Smith-Brown there. Yeah. Do you expect him to play again next week? I mean, yeah. over Soy, who's the, who was named as captain, mm-hmm. do you envisage that being a sort of more regular thing? Or, or Well, it was, it was interesting that Gary Sawyer was named as captain on Friday, although that's a sort of continuation on from last season, mm-hmm. really, wasn't it? So um, with David Fox as vice-captain, and you know, the announcement was made on Friday, so you sort of assume that Gary Sawyer is going to start the first game of the season, but he didn't. David Fox was the captain. Ashley Smith-Brown was at left-back. Um and I asked Derek Adams about that after the game, and he was quite clear it's because um, Zeli Ishmael was playing on the right for Walsall. Um, he had a good uh, loan spell with them last season and was at Berry. He played against Argyle both times. He's quite a quick, mm. um, dangerous attacking player. And I think, you know, Derek Adams maybe felt that, you know, Ashley Smith Brown's a bit quicker than Gary Sawyer um, and would be able to deal better with, with Ishmael. And I, I thought he did pretty well because I, I don't really remember Ishmael doing too much in the game. Um, it was more down the other side where Josh Ginnelly caused a few problems for Joe Riley, particularly in the first half. I thought Smith Brown was good. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, he, he was a. It's one game, so you know you, I, you can't make definitive conclusions. But I like the way Smith Brown got forward up, up and down. He was he was got into some good crossing positions, didn't he? Well, David Fox pinged the ball out to him on the left a mm. fair few times, didn't yeah. he? And. Um, one thing that I, when I spoke to him in, pre, in the media day where we met, get, got to meet all the players, he said he's, well, he's known for getting a few goals every now and again as well. Mm. And you definitely saw that threat. You know, he cut inside the box mm. sometimes. And mm. I, that is definitely something that's not part of Gary Sawyer's game. You know, yeah. Gary Sawyer's a great defender and great mm. at what he does. Mm. But you don't expect him to be popping up in the box too often, do you? No, I mean, that's the first time you've seen Smith Brown, isn't it, for Argyle? That's the first, I saw him a little bit in pre-season, but that's, that's the first time I've properly seen him. So I, 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 thought he, I thought he did well. I thought, you know, for his first game, uh, I thought he got forward well. Some of his was, passing between him, Fox yeah. and Ness particularly was, yeah, was no, impressive I, I, He was definitely one of, the, one of the positives to come out of the game, I would say. Some of the others that missed out, though, mm. were the likes of Tafari Moore, Peter Grant, Lionel Wainsworth and Callum Dyson, who are all senior professionals, mm. uh, should we say. Mm. Obviously, um, you also had Sarsovic, but he's obviously covered mm. going Knox, so that's why. Mm. Should should much be read into the fact that those were missing, or is it just because of the preseason game on Tuesday? Well, you've 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 got twenty three senior pros, I think, if you look at it at the moment. Um, one of those being Anthony Sarsovic, who wasn't fit enough to be considered for selection. So, you had Derek Adams had twenty two players, and that's mm. not including the young the younger professionals, the second and first year professionals. So you're not including the likes of Alex Fletcher and people like that. So he's got twenty two senior pros. So, my basic maths tells me that four players were going to miss out um, all four of those um, I think all four certainly more Grant and Ainsworth played in the game at Callington on the on the Tuesday night so that was probably a pretty good indication to them that they weren't going to be certainly starting at Walsall on, on Saturday um, should you read too much into it well no it's the first game of the season you know Derek Adams has picked a team that he and a squad that was aimed with winning the game against Walsall that's not to say that we won't see the four players that we just mentioned there at some point. They might have to be patient and wait their turn a little bit. Um, I think the, one of the problems, that, certainly for the two defenders, Moore and Grant, is that you know there's eight 
fit available defenders, four centre backs, four full backs at the moment. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have four in a team, say. Most number of defenders you're going to have on the bench is probably two. Yeah. So that's six defenders in a match day squad of 18. So two, miss so two are going to miss out. as If everyone's fit and healthy, and hopefully, touch wood, that continues to be the case, then there are inevitably going to be two people not even making a squad. And that's what comes from having a uh, you know, bigger squad. It comes from having competition for places. And in ever, as ever in these scenarios, those players will get a chance at some stage. Um, it might be next Saturday, it might be the following Saturday, it might be next month, it might be November, who knows. But when they get their chance, they have to be ready to take it. That's part of being a professional football player. Everyone wants to be in the first team, but not everyone can get in the first team. But when your chance comes, you know, there's no point sort of saying, well, I haven't played for ages, you know, I'm not going to be at my best. And there might be a bit of truth in that but you just have to go out and perform let's not forget Derek Adams is still hoping to add a player or two possibly to his squad before yeah. the uh, deadline on Thursday so again even more competition for places even more competition and we should mention because we're, as we're on the transfer deadline you're going to be doing a live blog on Thursday aren't yes, you yes I am and just remind our listeners what time the deadline is because this is slightly different well, than I just, yeah I didn't know I was planning yeah. to do a, a shift from 3 to 11 and then found out the deadline courtesy of yourself was 5pm yeah so, uh, so it is worth bearing in mind. Um, Jack's going to do a great live blog. It will just not just be Argyle related, will it, Jack? You'll have all uh, League One, of... League One, a bit, some yeah. top League Two news. It'll just be a bit of everything, really. Um, I did it last. Was it January? I did it I did until the late until until eleven o'clock that night. And it was quite good. We had people mm. joining us and, and good mm. chat on Twitter, and it's just mm. a bit of fun, really, you know. But we're bringing you obviously any big news. So as well. it's a good transfer deadline day thing, and you don't have to start until eleven o'clock at night. I'll just go and have tea. White. Yeah. So um, you know. Derek Adams, I mean, we're, we're seeing him on Tuesday, so I'll inquire as best I can as to what might or may not happen. He's not going to give his names or anything mm. like that. But all the way through pre-season, he's said, I want to get a central midfield player in. So um, that could happen before Thursday, although, of course, you could always uh, sign a player on loan up until the end of August. So and could be outgoings, you never know, you never say never. Well, you never say never, no. Things can happen quickly in football, um, and you know if somebody leaves, then that opens the door maybe for somebody else to come in. So um, yeah, definitely watch your space. It'll be interesting. To Hopefully, see. you'll have quite a busy uh, busy day on the live blog. So um, next up is Southend. Mm-hmm. Last time Argyle played Southend, I hope we won four 0 That'd be yeah. that'd be good if we could recreate that on uh, that would be nice on Saturday. Mm. Obviously, um, mm. is it important they get a win after the defeat? Obviously, they've got Bristol City mm. after that, which mm. will be tough, mm. and then they're away again to Coventry. Yeah. They won their second game last season against Charlton. Is it important they, they get a, a win? It would be nice. It'd be very nice. Importance, you know, quite a strong word for the second game of the season. But, um, yeah, it's, they would very much like to get a win against mm. uh, Southend and just get themselves up and running. Um, you know, two games without a win, yeah, isn't, isn't great. Wouldn't be a disaster, but you know you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be in that position. So, I'm sort of, I'm not sure I'd use the word important, but yeah, it would be very useful, very helpful, very good news for them to, if they do. Um, Southend are coming off the back of a defeat as well. They were at home to Doncaster on Saturday. I see they were three 0 down at one stage. Yeah, Doncaster back, had, a, had a late rally to get back to three two. Um, Southend were very strong at the end of last season. You know, after Chris Powell took over as manager, and the the defeat by Argyle was a bit of a blip. You know, to um, to what their form was like. 
Um, but yeah, you know, I'll go a bit at home. I'd expect a decent crowd, you know, three-sided ground, so that's going to be a bit different for all of us to get used to. Including us. Yeah, we're, we're, we've got a new uh, vantage point from the, uh, the barn park end, so it, it will be a, a different experience for us all. Uh, to see our goal, you know, with, on the three-sided ground. Uh, new experience for lots of the players to get their first mm-hmm. game because, you know, no pre-season games at home park, you know, because of, you know, getting trying to get construction work and bits and pieces done. So, you know, there's 10 summer signings. None of them have uh, have played at home park before. So it'd be a, a new experience for them. And, uh, you know, it's a chance for the Green Army to uh, to welcome these new signings and, and give them a boost and a lift and show them the level of support and passion they have for the team for and, a fair uh, number of them will be the first time they've seen a lot of these players as well so. absolutely yeah so it's uh, you know it's, it's it's a big game it's a big game and there's a chance for the fans you know you know to you know uh, the, the vast majority of the green army to see these new signings and uh, hopefully they can go out and show what they're capable of and uh, and get a good result so um yeah with the bristol city game coming then the following tuesday um you know you'd expect Derek adams might you know, make a change or two for the, for that. Hopefully, not as many as he did last season. For he the, said that didn't he? for the Carabao did, Cup did, game. He just said that was made that he wouldn't. He, he's learned from his mistakes. Yeah, he did that. So, South End team selection. Yes, they've lost to Warsaw on Saturday. You know, there's the scope for one or two changes for for that team for the South End game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think there was enough in the performance generally against Warsaw that. You know, I'd be surprised if there was more than a change or two, maybe. And I wouldn't be surprised, if that doesn't sound ridiculous, if he just stuck with the same starting lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, he was he was quite critical of Graham Carey and Ruben Lemirez after the game, which you know raised my eyebrows a, a, a little bit because I'm not saying they were at their best, um, but you know, he 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 said they weren't good enough and they didn't contribute enough. Um, I would expect both of them to play tomorrow uh, on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'd expect both to play well. So um, I don't think there'll be I don't think there'll be many changes. M- m- maybe one or two, maybe. Well, we'll soon see. Well, I'll tell you what, Chris, I won't ask you, f- you for a prediction. No, I'll, 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 let you, I'll, let you, I'll let you off that one. I'm rubbish at prediction, Jack. Come on, we all know it. <laughs> I'm early in the season, so I'll let you off. <laughs> it's worth pointing out that um, not next week, but the week after, we have Martin Gritton coming on as a yes. guest for the podcast. Yeah. So we'll invite some questions for that. And he um, was um, covered the game for Radio Devon at Walsall. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because we're working, we don't we don't hear the commentary. But uh, people tell me Martin's good, and he's always been a good talker ever since his days as a player, um, many many years ago. And uh, he's a big Argyle big Argyle fan, and so he, he I know he enjoys covering the games. He was with um, alongside Ross Heaton on on Saturday, and he's going to cover the the commentary game as well. So he's going to have seen Argyle play at Walsall on commentary. So out their free league games. So it's a good um, good opportunity for Martin to. To come on and uh, and have a chat and give us some thoughts as well and um, yeah we're working um, working on a few other guests and people along so you won't just have to listen to me and Jack uh, <laughs> every week because I, I know that might get a bit tedious for you all if you had to, know, to do that I have so. to listen to you when we can finish the podcast yes as well. exactly that's yeah so that's that's more than, <laughs> more than enough for you Jack so we will try and get a few guests on because we we know that um, well hopefully you know people enjoy hearing. From people and somebody like Martin, you know, he works in the communications industry. He he goes to quite a few games. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to tell us on the podcast. You know, he, he does his own. He's part of a football podcast himself, isn't he? Uh, but he can tell us more about that. And um, and he's got um, you know, a bit of a passion for Argyle as well. So Should be a very interesting. Listen, yeah, good good guy. To so have look on. out for um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll request some questions nearer the time. But before then, we'll be back next week to discuss the Southend game. Mm-hmm. 
And um, hopefully we might even have an extra person then. Yes, with a bit of luck, we might uh, be able to get somebody off the, uh, the subs bench and uh, into the starting lineup. So thanks for listening.